You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are so happy to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today, our guest is going to be Lee Brill. And Lee is the author of A Dog Named Slugger, which is a lovely tribute to her service dog, Slugger. And she's also working on some additional creative projects that we're hoping she's going to share with us today. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Lee to the show. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where the healthy pets go. Enter the code WORK10, W-O-R-K, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi, this is Tim Link, host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join me as we feature interviews with best-selling pet-related authors, award-winning writers, journalists, and bloggers. And we'll tell stories about the animals and interesting topics about the animals in our lives. Each of the interviews will give you a first-hand knowledge about why the authors and writers chose a particular story, what the feature animals meant to them, and what has become of those animals that we've talked about. And of course, I'll also share stories from my own books, blogs, articles, and experiences. So be sure to join me and the writers and authors on Animal Rights. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And today our guest is Lee Brill. Hello, Lee, and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having us today. Well, we're so excited that you could be with us and talk to us about all the things that you're working on, because it sounds like you've got so much going on with all your writing projects. Absolutely, we sure do, and it's it's a very, very exciting place to be, and lots of different things popping in, in very positive directions around here. Yeah, well, tell us, Lee, how did you get involved with service dogs? You know, Marcy, I was very, very fortunate 
when I was in my 20s, I was at graduate school and met a classmate who actually had a service dog who assisted her. And I had never realized before meeting this friend of mine that dogs could be trained to assist people with uh, impairments other than visual issues or problems. And so when I met her, for the (laughs) first couple weeks, I just sort of would watch you know, when she'd be working with her dog and my mouth would hang open and I was just, you know, in total amazement at the way the two of them worked together. And finally, at one point, my friend came up to me and she said, well, you know, if you're interested in looking at the possibility of service dog partnership, I can give you some information, which she then did. And (laughs) she gave me a couple of flyers and some very basic information. And I can still remember the day that I read that information and just sat there, you know, just totally entranced with the whole idea of a service dog and the option that, for me, somebody living with cerebral palsy, maybe a dog could make a difference. I had never really considered it before, and just the whole idea of it made me (laughs) do double backflips, which for (laughs) me was pretty difficult, but I managed it. And um, so that's how I first found out about service dogs, and I contacted um, Caring Canine Companions in Virginia and talked to them about, you know, wanting to see if that would work for me. And um, as things progressed, I was very, very blessed to then be partnered with my first service dog, big, wonderful yellow Labrador named Slugger. Oh, I know. You know, it's so hardly to really articulate what you were just describing about the excitement and the possibilities when you really realize as a person with a disability, especially someone who's active and and working like you are and like I try to be, you know, Mm -hmm. to really realize all of a sudden it's like a light bulb goes off of what does that mean and how can that dog come into your life and change your life, which it it certainly did for you. That's very well put. I mean, that's the way it felt to me, that, that sort of that light bulb moment of thinking, I didn't realize that this could be a part of addressing what was such a challenge for me. I mean, for me personally, I always associated cerebral palsy with, you know, surgeries and therapy and pain and very negative things. Necessary, sure, and also negative. And, you know, uh, crutches and wheelchairs and things that were difficult. And to suddenly think that because of my disability, I could be partnered with such an amazing animal. I mean, that sort of flipped the whole thing on its head. It took what had been so positive and turned it into something that was beyond beautiful. You know, and then I met Slugger and I thought... Wait a minute. CP equals this? <laughs> Not it doesn't equal it, but you you can actually go from this to that. So yeah, yeah, it, I know, it, I know. And it's almost like, wow, do I really deserve that? You mm-hmm. know, because it's just such a phenomenal thing and such yeah. an incredible gift. It's just like I said, it's just so hard to articulate it to people that haven't mm-hmm. experienced it or received mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because yeah. it's so and, incredible. And I appreciate the way you put that. You first said it's hard to articulate to people who haven't experienced it and then also people who haven't received it. And I think that that is a very important point. I think at least my experience has been when you end up with a service dog, it is both an experience and a gift. 
and it's so powerful on both fronts that to be able to at least try to share some of that is is huge. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so tell us about the book, A Dog Named Slugger. How did that come about? You know, Marcy, I just came to a point um, as Slugger got older and such that I realized it was very important to me to try and share some of what he first gave to me. And this, I think, relates to the point that you were making earlier about there being so much behind partnerships with service dogs that, you know, some of it, I didn't know. When I first met Slugger, I was, you know, starry-eyed. I didn't really think as much about the, do I deserve it? It was more like, I don't know if I do, but I want it, you know, so I just sort of chased it down from that level. And I think the more time I spent with Slugger, the more the idea of, you know, whether or not I deserve what he gave. It was such a gift on so many levels that I felt really inspired or motivated or both of those to try and do something to share what had been so beautifully shared with me, both through his life and through the sacrifices that, you know, his puppy raisers, his breeders, his trainers, and everybody involved with that part of his life what they had given. So mm-hmm. that was my personal motivation to feel like I wanted to pass that on. Plus, I mean, as most of us with service dogs have, have experienced, it's, it's kind of interesting to find out how much people know and how much sometimes it's like you wish people did know. So I think, you know, part of it in writing A Dog Named Slugger, I wanted to share my personal story and also just some basic information so that there's more of it out there because I think the more we can do, the better it is just to help inform people and try to help them understand the difference that our our dogs can make. I think that's, yeah, that's so wonderful. And, and gosh, you just hit on so many different things that, that are so important. I mean, you're right. Educating people about, about assistance dogs and and what they do and the importance of them and because there is so much confusion out there people see and have different perceptions but to really have some insight to really have a, an opportunity to to be that close to someone that that's experiencing it is just so important and to share that openly is just it is giving back so much I hope so, and I think, you know, that's certainly the sort of thing that I'm, I would, would think you can relate to as well, and it's just, it's what has felt like a purpose, a new purpose that came to my life that I wasn't expecting to have. You know, I, I've talked about a lot of the different things that Slugger brought me, both literally and figuratively, when he came into my life, and although I didn't see it coming, one of the big things that he brought me was a sense of purpose. And being able to share the difference that he made for me, physically, emotionally, socially, all of it, that was huge. And he also gave me a sense of purpose and a platform, for lack of a better word, in which I could also talk about living with a disability. You know, certainly it's not like one single book is going to cover everything or everybody's experience, and I, I wouldn't claim that. But at the same time, 
to be able to say, yeah, at least for me, this is what it felt like to grow up with cerebral palsy. I think that was important. Yeah. I know it was for me personally, and since the book has come out, I've heard from a lot of people, both folks with uh, various disabling conditions and also parents of children who have mm-hmm. different disabilities, and they'll write to me and say, you know, thank you for what you wrote, because oh. they'll say, I didn't know that's how it w- might feel. Right. So, well, and what do you think, Lee, what do you think was the turning point for you when you got Slugger and, and started building that, that relationship with Slugger? What do you think it was that really was the turning point for you that gave you that voice? That's an excellent question, and I really appreciate that question because when I think back to those times, I really feel what happened, and I, I felt sort of a progression. I began to do like speaking engagements and things to tell folks about service dogs and everything. And it was almost as if the more of those I did, the more comfortable I became and the more I began to see that it was important and that what I had to share about my own life and my service dog partnership in particular was something that was very positive and something that other people saw as valuable. Like one I guess you could probably call it a turning point. Early on when I first was partnered with Slugger and we were doing presentations um, in our local community with Slugger's trainer, she was doing most of the presentation and we were just sort of there to do a few things and say, yes, you know, we're we're in the pipeline, we're we're going through the process now. You know, so we just kind of sat there and looked cute, which, as you know, if you've got one of her dogs, that's real easy to do. You it go, is, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm with the dog, you know, but I always remember there was a group of people that no, I didn't know them. Uh, it was a civic group or perhaps a church group. I don't remember the specifics, but it was all kinds of folks that I'd never met before, and Slugger's trainer got up to speak, and her name was Vicky, and she was telling folks, you know, I'm Vicky, and this is Lee and her new partner, Slugger, and Lee has cerebral palsy, and Lee and Slugger are doing wonderfully together. And everybody in the room clapped. And that was the first time I had experienced something where, especially complete strangers, were just told the name of my disability. And instead of looking shocked or upset or uncomfortable or disgusted or anything negative, they all smiled and clapped. And I was just like, really? People smile and clap over that? Because my experience as a child had been quite the opposite, you know, growing up with uh, cerebral palsy. And so recognizing that I could take something that I had previously associated so much negativity with and turn that on its head and make something positive that felt good for me but also left something positive for other people who who we interacted with. That was that was like a lightning bolt for me. Yeah, that's really powerful. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and what a gosh, you know, it, it is such a gift in so many ways. But I mean, as a, as growing up with a disability, as you and I both have, you know, to really get that, you know, it's always like you're not the cool kid. You know, no oh, matter yeah. what you do, oh, you're yeah. never going to be a cool kid. <laughs> it's like, don't even bother to try because yeah. you ain't going to, you're not going to it. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when you have this incredible, beautiful, friendly, outgoing dog, all of a sudden it's like 
you're as close to cool as you're ever going to get. <laughs> oh, and, and you're zooming up the cool ramp at that point. I mean, that, yeah, it is. That's that's amazing. And I appreciate you bringing up that point, too, because that was one thing I noticed. It used to be when I went out in public, people would stare and, you know, whisper about, oh, what's the matter with her or whatever, yeah. or little cripple kinds of comments, whatever. And that was difficult to hear growing up, obviously. But once I got slugger and went out, it changed from, oh, look at the poor little cripple or the whatever words people used that were hurtful. And then they'd, it changed from that to, wow, look at the cool dog. I'm like, yeah, I'm on the other end of the leash. This is good. Exactly. It, yeah. it totally switched the perception. And it's it's amazing to see that. And it's yeah. like people don't focus on whatever differences I may have when I'm out with my dogs. They right. focus on the dog and how gorgeous the dog is. And then, of course, a lot of people like to come up and swap dog stories. And, and it's really nice because it's an icebreaker and it puts you on more even footing than what I experienced, you know, growing up with my disability and everything. It's more like, so, okay, I walk differently than you or I use a wheelchair and you don't. Okay, fine. But we both like dogs. And we start talking about well, you know, people will come up and say, well, I used to have a dog just like yours. I'll say, oh, did you have a yellow lab? They'll say, no, actually, it was a toy poodle, but... <laughs> and, I'm like, and it was like, my dog? Oh, okay. So it's just that part of it is fun, too. I think my experience with my service dogs has been they also free me up not to worry about things that it's not going to make any difference to worry about anyway. Yes. And once I'm able to let go of that... I'm able to find a lot more joy and a lot more funny things in life. I mean, yeah. have you noticed when you have a service dog, it is, it's like really cool. And it also, they teach you not to take yourself too seriously. Exactly. Snap out of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. they give you this look like, I'm the cool one here. Don't forget it. (laughs) Let's be real clear. I know. Exactly. And they are so true. And, you know, Mm -hmm. one thing, I I love what you were saying, though, about how people see you and, and, you know, they automatically assume something before you had your dog. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've noticed is people, well, first of all, as a young woman with a disability, I hated sitting and waiting for someone by myself because I yeah. always felt like people were staring at me and I always yeah. felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. And they would always yeah. ask me, can I help you? And I'm like, do I look like I need help? <laughs> you know, but, but when yeah. I got my dog, when I got my first service dog, Ramona, all uh-huh. of a sudden that changed for me where then people would walk up and they'd say, you're so lucky. You're mm-hmm. so lucky to have a dog like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. I mm-hmm. am a lucky girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. that whole perspective, it, it, like you said, it went from a very negative to mm-hmm. a very positive and very envious even they were, you know, that, right. that, that you have this incredible dog. Right. So, yeah, that's so awesome. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we hope you'll come right back as we continue talking with Lee. And we want to hear about her other projects that she's working on. So come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. For people with disabilities, assistance dogs are helpers and friends. During International Assistance Dog Week, August 7th through 13th, events help raise awareness and funds honoring dogs and volunteers. To find an event near you, go to assistancedogweek.org. It's greater than you know. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with author Lee Brill, and we've been talking about her wonderful book. A dog named Slugger. But we also want to ask you, Lee, because I hear you've got a lot of other projects on the horizon. Yes, ma'am. And it's a good thing we have a big horizon around here because we've got a lot that I'll be focusing on in the coming days. Um, I am, in fact, now working on the sequel to A Dog Named Slugger. And that's going to be called Slugger's Legacy. That will be sort of a continuation of the story that starts with a dog named Slugger. And, you know, I've heard from so many folks who said, well, what happens next? So my hope is to answer that question and uh, provide some insights, also answer questions that people may have had from the first book and sort of keep the journey going. So I'm having a good time, even at the very outset of getting ready to get this, this book where it needs to be. And our hope is you have it on shelves um, by May of 2012. So, oh, that's wonderful. A, a lot of writing to do, but it's going to be a, a really fun story to be able to share, and I'm, I'm honored to be at a place that, that that's where we're looking at. And oh, that's in great. Between, <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, in between working on that project, I'm also working on a children's book series. So... 
if I feel like an adult one day, I'll work on my adult <laughs> book. <laughs> yeah, I read that. Tell us about that children's book series. Well, my hope is that the series will be the sort of book that features a young girl who happens to have a disability and happens to use a service dog, but it's not going to be the sort of book that says, hello, this is, you know, Rachel or whoever, and she has a disability. It's more like that's just part of who she is. And I'm going to be doing a mystery series, and she solves mysteries around her neighborhood, not not huge ones, but, you know, neighborhood mysteries uh, suitable for 8- to 10-year-olds and does so with the help of her service dog, Charlie. So I love yeah. that. I love that idea. And I really love that having a disability just happens to be one of the things about this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And she can just do her thing, and it's not all about what she has to do differently. That's just incorporated in the way she lives her day. And, and, and it's sort of almost a side fact compared to how she uses her smarts and her brain and her intellect and things like that to solve mysteries that are in her uh, neighborhood. And her dog, Charlie, is able to help with that, not by, you know, being some whimsical character who can speak, but by doing things that help her that she can then read in a way, and she knows her dog well enough that it helps her solve the mysteries. Eventually. I love that. So she can do her job as a detective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and he's, he's the definite sidekick and everything, helping to accomplish what she sets out to accomplish. And so I'm having a lot of fun with that series. I bet. And, and so I what are the plans for that series? Do you have any dates of when you're thinking that will be available? or That one's a little further back on the burners, simply because I want to get the sequel to... Um, Slugger's first book out and and going and out to readers and stuff as quickly as possible. I am still working on some of the um, children's book series, like I said, at the same time, but we don't have a specific timetable for when that'll be available yet. Uh, I'm having fun dreaming about it. (laughs) I'm sure. How could you not? I love that idea. And are you writing full-time now, Lee? Yes, yes with the exception of the breaks I take to take the dogs out and play fetch and do some of those types of things. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be at a point in my life where most of what I focus on now is my different book projects. And I do as many presentations and ability awareness types of um, presentations as I'm able to at this point. But my main focus is writing and, and yeah. working on the books. Well, it sounds like you have so many stories and experiences that you have to get down on paper and and share with all of us. So Mm -hmm. it seems like I see why you can be (laughs) full-time. Well, I'm thinking, how many hours are in a day? And can I squeeze just a few more in? And, you know, the dogs look at me like, are you really getting up now in the morning? (laughs) And so you have have two dogs right now. You have your retired dog. Your yes. second service dog, right, that's retired? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, can, tell yes. us about, about your two now. Oh, they are the sweetest things. I have Kenda, who's retired. She um, is 12, so she certainly deserves some relaxed days in the sunshine. And basically her job now is to rule the household and be the queen of everybody. 
which absolutely as she should be. Yes. Yes. And she's really good at it. So we all have an understanding and she does a few chores around the house just because she enjoys it. Like she likes to fetch my telephone for me or get the TV remote or occasionally, you know, pick up laundry for me or whatever if I need. But um, that's pretty much when she feels like it. And so while she's being the queen here, I now have a second or a third young dog, the second one we have in our house now, and he is wonderful. He is my first golden retriever, and he's just turned three. Oh. So he's a little bouncy, fun. Teddy bear? Yeah. Oh, yes. That's the word. Yes, yes. He is such a love. And it, it's so funny because he and Kenda are a lot alike, and sometimes I can see traits that remind me of Slugger in my young young guy now. His name is Pato. And it is just fascinating to watch the way he interacts and to see how he and Kenda get along. And I'm just so blessed because, too, um, Pato is hilarious. <laughs> he just has this sense of humor that it, it, you can get up with him in the morning and watch him walk across the room and he'll turn his head and give you this look and he just has me in stitches sometimes <laughs> just by nothing other than this look that he gets on his face or this little prance he gets going. I mean, he's just, he is delightful and he is the funniest dog I have worked with to this point, which oh. is very nice because he, that keeps my heart light. Yeah. Maybe. Tell our listeners what kind of dog Kenda is. Kenda is a yellow Labrador. And that's what um, Slugger was as well. So I really have a strong streak for yellow Labradors. And in fact, when it came time to retire Kenda and I was considering bringing a third dog into our household or a second dog, you know, while we still have Kenda, I wasn't sure. I thought, I'm a yellow lab girl all the way. That's what I think is going to work for me. But then I met Pato. And I thought, I don't like Goldens, but I didn't didn't know that's what would work for me. But it, the minute he met me, the way he worked with me, the look he gave me, just everything, it was just like, oh, change of plans. <laughs> we're we're going to have a Golden now. Because he also is the neatest thing, Marcy. When I first met Pato, we practiced a few things and did basic introductions with his trainers and everything. And then he came up to me. And lay down next to my chair and put his head on my foot oh. the way Slugger always used to do. <laughs> and Kim never did that. That was not her way of connecting. Her way of connecting, would she, she would lay on her side and stick one paw up in the air, and she would like to hold paws. So I would oh. hold her paw and rub it, and that was oh. her thing. And so it wasn't like they all did the same thing. But when Pato came up to me when we met... And just came right over and laid his head right on my foot. Mm-hmm. I was in my wheelchair, and he came up and just laid his head right there like, okay, I can do this. And oh. then he looked up at me, and it was just such a tearful thing because I was like, wait a minute. That's what Slugger always did. Yeah. You know. Oh. And I thought, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. So yeah. It was, oh, I know. That is so sweet. I know. Whenever Whistle really wants to melt my heart, that's what he does uh-huh. to me. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just uh-huh. when they put their head on your feet on that foot plate, I'm just, yeah. forget it. I'm I, mush. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like they're going, okay, you're mine and I like that. I know. Yeah. I love you. I know. Yeah. yeah it's just, now, it's, Whistle is a 
Little Whistle golden. is actually, um, he is half golden, half yellow lab. He looks oh. like, to me, he looks like a yellow lab. And he's actually my first, well, my first dog, Ramona, was actually half lab, half golden, but she was black, so she looked like a black uh-huh. lab. Uh-huh. My second dog, Morgan, was a golden retriever. And then Whistle is my experience with the yellow lab. Uh-huh. But I have to tell you, I have a huge soft spot for Goldens. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I just lost Morgan not long ago, as many of you know. And I just, there's something about the Goldens. They are just, they're really, well, as they all are. But I don't know, that connection with Morgan was immediate, you right. know, because for so many cuz with Ramona she and I really had to work on it that first year and ah. Whistle and I we had to work the first few months really mm-hmm. hard with each other but mm-hmm. Morgan and I never had to work it was immediate it was just it was like a done thing it <laughs> that, was yeah mm-hmm. yeah it mm-hmm. totally was yeah well and Isn't how was your process how was it for you of bringing Pato into your house since you still had Kenda tell us about that process and how your agency worked with you You know, I was so fortunate to have the choice to do that in the first place. You know, some folks might say I I wouldn't want to have the retired dog and the new one come in at the same time because for some people it doesn't feel like the right thing. But I knew that I wanted my younger working dog to spend time with Kenda and to get to know her. To, and to be a part of her life and for her to be a part of my new dog's life. And thankfully, um, the folks at St. Francis Service Dogs worked with me. They understood that that's what I wanted, so we talked through it. We talked about Kenda's personality, so we knew from the beginning we would need to find a young dog who would be okay playing second fiddle around the house, you know, not wanting to have to be the center of attention at every point. And so... That was Pato's experience. He had, you know, lived in homes with lots of different dogs, and he was used to that. And he was like, well, okay. You know, and he and Kenda would get together some, and occasionally, once or twice, he tried to take her tennis ball when she wasn't done with it, and she would let him know, I didn't say you could have it, you know. That's right. Yeah, so they had to work through a few of those moments, and... But see, now they've figured all those things out, and now she's gotten to the point where she'll take a toy, and she'll prance by him, and she, like, flings it at him, like, you know you want this, but I'm not going to give it to you. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm the queen, yes. Yeah, don't forget that. (laughs) So, it's, um, you know, it was tricky to find the right match to make sure we had a dog who would be able to sit in and, and be okay with Kenda and that Kenda would be okay with letting come into the house and do things. And, um, you know, at first when I would train house chores with Pato, that was a little tricky for Kenda because she's like, why is he getting that? Or why is he opening the fridge? I can do it. Yes. You know, so yeah. I would try my best to work with them and, you know, give Kenda one command and Pato the other or let them take turns to do it. And so it was a process definitely to find ways to make sure both dogs were comfortable and happy and understood that this was a process that wasn't going to be bad for either one of them or threatening or anything like that. So, um, and as I say, I was extremely fortunate that the trainers I worked with were on board 100%. In fact, our process that we went through, 
my first step was meeting Pato and seeing how he and I related. And then the second step was letting Kenda and Pato meet and seeing how they, you know, dealt with each other. So it was. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And, and you're right. It's not only you. It's, it was Kenda as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I think that's so important. I know that's how my agency worked with me also. And I, it was amazing mm-hmm. to see that process. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad to hear that your experience was, was similar to mine. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's hard. Oh, yeah. And part of it, I don't know, did you find that when you reached the point where you were going to consider taking that step, that part of it you had to get yourself there mentally before you did anything else? Absolutely. You know I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mm-hmm. felt so guilty. I, I still, I still felt so guilty. Even mm-hmm. like when I would love on whistle, I'd have to wait mm-hmm. until he and I left our house yes. because I, I didn't want to insult Morgan. Yep. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and I had to, and I also made sure that I fed Morgan first, you oh, know, yes. that he, he got the treats first, you know, yep. so that he did not feel slighted in any way and mm-hmm. still knew that he was number one. But I felt mm-hmm. guilty until I still feel guilty. <laughs> you know, I mean, just it's so hard, you know, and, and make because they've given us so much, right. you know, and making sure that we honor them. So I'm right. I'm so glad to hear that that you've done so well with that transition. I I think I have been very blessed by both the people and the dogs who've been a part of my life, and I really believe that the right dogs have come to my life at the right time, and part of that has been. You know, I've been willing and, and wanting to to have that happen, but a part of it is this was how it was meant to happen, and it's high on my list of blessings is the best way I know how to put it because just the timing and individual animals that I've shared my life, life with, are they're over-the-top amazing dogs. Well, I just am so glad that you've come on today to tell us about that. And, and I'm really just really thrilled that you're sharing it with everyone through your writing and, and through your books. I just think it's, it's okay. great. Thank and you. tell us, Lee, before we have to let you go, tell mm-hmm. us how can our listeners um, find you? Do you have a website, Facebook page? What's, what's the best way? Yes, indeed. That's a um, very good question. Um, the easiest way to get in touch with me and find out more if folks want to, they can find me at www.libril.com, which is my website and has basics about what we're up to and everything. Um, and I also have links there um, for folks that want to learn more about the book, you know, Amazon.com and some places like that. And I've just started up a Facebook page for a dog named Slugger. So if folks are on Facebook and they want to go to a dog named Slugger, they'll see I've got my book page started and, um, you know, we just sort of chat about dog things and I try to keep people posted on what's going on and everything. So it's fun. I'm not the most technological person in the world, but it's fun to find different ways to, to share what we've got. Yeah, that's great. Well, and I will make sure and include that information on our website so that people will know how to reach you. And and let me just make sure. So it's Lee Brill and that's L-E-I-G-H-B as in boy, R-I-L-L dot com. Exactly. Correct? 
Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, and we hope you'll come back. We really want to hear about Slugger's legacy. We want you to come back and talk with us about that as you complete that. And then, of course, your wonderful children's stories. We really want to hear about those. So that that sounds very exciting. Oh, all kinds of stuff moving along, right? That's (laughs) right. Well, thank you so much for for chatting with me today and and letting me kind of reminisce about dog things and share information about the book and it's just been a real joy to chat with you and share some of our stories too so yeah well, i really look, appreciate that we look forward to you coming back well uh then we will put that on our calendars I, okay. I would be honored thank you okay and thank you our listeners for being with us today we appreciate you and also our producers and our sponsors And we hope that you'll come back and join us again. And as you know, you can always get more information about us um, through our website at PetLifeRadio.com and WorkingLikeDogs.com. And we're also on Facebook. So please join us there at Working Like Dogs because we love to hear from you. We love your ideas for shows and questions that you have. So please keep those emails and other messages coming. And we look forward to being with you again soon. So take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.